I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Junktime Alpha Podcast for round 19, 2021. We're coming to you from Wayne Jackson Studios and Rod Carter Studios. My name is Michael Chamberlain and joining me is a man who agrees with Adam Simpson that every AFL club should only recruit private school kids. It's Adam Rosenbachs. Ah, oh, g'day, Michael. I mean, I have been pushing for this for years and finally one of the coaches has listened to me and paid attention So Adam Simpson came out this week and said because of the soft caps being cut that they were going to probably need to be able to um, probably choose kids with private school backgrounds and, you know, mum and dad are married and stability in their lives rather than choosing some, you know, rough cut, you know, diamond in the rough that they have to really manage and look after. And he said private school boys are the way to go. And I got to say, Adam Simpson, I applaud you because I think... If there's a better person in the world than a private school person, try and find it for me. You can't. You can't. If you want want salt of the earth, you drive around the eastern suburbs of any city in this fine country of ours (laughs) and you won't find better people than that. Like, you can't – that's the thing about these, uh, you know, kids that are from broken families or rough families. They just don't come to a club with a sense of entitlement that a private school kid has. You have to – it takes years. Like Wayne Carey, right? When Uh he first went to North Melbourne – did he think that he was king of the world? No, he didn't. It took years of development. To, it took thousands of dollars before he became almost the prime example of what a private school person should be. Gotcha. So that's what football does to players. They they teach them what it's like to be a private school kid. Is that what you're exactly. saying? Exactly. Exactly. Like, would a public school kid have had the upbringing to blatantly hide a $1 million Vizzy kickback out in the open. No, he wouldn't. He wouldn't have he wouldn't have had the balls to do that. But a private school kid goes, Oh yeah, this seems normal. Someone's just offering me a million dollars and we're saying I'm being an ambassador. Yeah, yeah for sure. My grandfather, that's how he made his fortune. Of course we're doing this. Yeah, sure. You just put it in the Cayman Islands. Isn't that what normal people do? <laughs> Exactly. And you know what? I think private school kids are going to be a lot more loyal, right, mm-hmm. than a uh, than a public school kid who's fighting for every penny because he grew up with one parent. You know, they had to drive 300 kilometres to each game. The mum was bringing up 15 kids. He's going to fight. He's going to go wherever the dollar is. But a private school kid, he goes, oh, you only offered me 900 grand. I suppose I can take a pay cut like that. Then the uh, <laughs> investment <laughs> portfolio that daddy had brought me. I'm happy to stay at this shithouse club. It doesn't matter because I'm going to be fine once my career is over. Gotcha. So Adam Simpson, on the money, pat on the back, shouldn't have had to apologise. People, he knows what he's talking about. That's what I found very funny, actually, by the fact that he literally apologised about half an hour later after he said yep. those words out loud. He yes, was like, yes. oh, I've just said a bunch of stuff. That's going to kick back on me. <laughs> I better apologise really quickly. 
Which, it's amazing that people do come out and kind of attack him because the West Coast Eagles, you would say, have a pretty broad spectrum of uh, people that they've brought to the club. And you would say they're from, like, every walk of life. And you can just say that, like, Adam Simpson is just sort of making a point that as a club, you're probably going to go, well, if there's one of two choices, we can take the easy one. With the salary cap, with the soft cap, we just can't put money into a kid who may be troubled but needs a little bit more love and care, Michael. Yeah, I feel like you're right. Like, I mean, I mean, there's been more and more talk about the coaches, like the assistant coaches kind of doing three or four jobs at the same time um, the last year and a half or so. And so I figure, like, you might be right. Like, um, the, I mean, we don't see the impact of the, the soft, cap stu- uh, soft cap stuff on field, but they feel it behind closed doors. But has, all right, has the soft cap... Um Come in the way, got in in the way of going out on a Sunday morning. You have a bit of a kick. You go for a few froths on Sunday Arvo. You sort your differences out. You come to training on a Tuesday. Everyone's back to square one. Yeah, but but how many of those players can uh, tie a Windsor knot? I think that's the important <laughs> question we should be asking. <laughs> Without looking in a mirror. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's a that's a fair point you make. That's a fair point you make. Uh, how's the week been, man? How you been uh, in lockdown? Mate, lockdown's okay for me. I got out there, uh, protested yesterday, punched a couple of horses, axe kicked a fucking uh, couple of cops. It was fun. It was um, fun, you know. I wanted, I wanted our freedom back. And even though I am in Victoria and we're getting our freedom probably back on Tuesday because we went into lockdown really quickly, unlike uh, up at uh, Rod Carter Studios. Yeah. And I thought, I can't wait till Tuesday. I need my freedom on Saturday and I wanted my freedom to not be able to go into any businesses that are still not open today. Now, did you, I found it remarkable. Okay. Okay. Now, I, (laughs) there was, I think it was in Sydney. There was a motherfucker Mm. who was a fire twirler who showed up Mm. and got hosed down by the cops. Now, can I just incredible. Now, no one, no one is marching so that fire twirlers can be out in public. When have okay? you Like, ever... if they put it to the people, if everyone had to just go, oh, mate, we're not here for this shit. Like, don't, don't fucking, you know, if you're out there fighting, you know, for your freedom march, you go, you see a fire twirler, you're like, oh, fuck, here we go. Dude. This it's... is what they're going to put in the news. Yeah, it's like uh, watching motherfuckers uh, uh, hacky sack, is that what you call it? Yes. Yeah, yeah when you see that sack, break yeah. out in a park, you go, okay, we've got a bunch of fuckwits on our hands. <laughs> but I found it remarkable. Now, the thing I found incredible by the fact uh, of these protests, mm. did you know they were on? Like, I just woke up and kind of saw a bunch of footage on TV and stuff, and I was like, I had no idea that they were on. Like, what groups do you have to get involved with to find out that these things are being organised? Well, that's when you, that's when Q sends you a text. Oh. And you go, oh, <laughs> thanks, champ. I'm on board. But wait a second, but I'm Q. So <laughs> how does that work out? But I found it but remarkable. Like, I'm like, how do these people find out? These, like, what groups have you be part of to kind of find out, you know, 10 a.m., we're going to show up in the CBD of Melbourne or Sydney and we're going to yeah. be the biggest fuckwits on the face of the earth. Uh, bring your horse punching um, gloves. <laughs> <laughs> and he, what do and you I do mean, with it? Uh, technically, I've seen the footage. Technically, he didn't punch a horse, but he was he was aggravating a horse. I think it's fair to say. Yeah. Did he? Did he like? Um. Is it? What do they call? It? Is it a bridle that they wear? Did he? Did he? No, blink he kind of whacked it. it from, he kind of kind of pushed it around from the back, and then the horse. Oh, <laughs> came, oh a, ca- a coward's horse. <laughs> oh, well, he he kind of pushed it from the back, and then the horse came at him, and he kind of pushed mm. the horse's face away. He kind of gave, I suppose, a a slight bridle punch. I suppose is the yeah, best way to okay. put it. 
Yeah, right, right. When yeah, see, I don't know. I imagine, though, if you are a... So you and I aren't sovereign citizens, so we are not in the network. That's true. But I imagine, and also if you are daily on Facebook looking for mates to be sovereign citizens with, I imagine there would have been word getting out amongst them that we need to fight for our freedoms to get it back and... Um, you know, and now as we sit here on a Sunday night, as uh, GWS and Essendon have kicked off their game, fighting for their spot in the eight, Australians are all one and free because these people went out and got our freedom back. And we also have to be careful too. Like we, um, uh, we don't know what that horse said to the bloke. No, no, no. Yeah, I, I want to. I want to see him behind the horse vision. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah, behind the ho- behind the stalls footage. <laughs> you don't know what horses get up to, man. And to clarify for our international listeners, so the mm. towns of Melbourne and Sydney uh, yesterday uh, had a bunch of fuckwits walking through the street demanding their freedom from the lockdown. Um, how come? How come there was no? Um, how come there was no protest in Adelaide? Now Adelaide also. Uh, so there's three three major cities in Australia at the moment are locked down. There's what 13 million people currently in lockdown. 14 million people, which is quite a bit, but. The people of South Australia just seem to go, you know what? We'd really like to be out of this quicker rather than later. So yeah, let's just cool all stay it. home. Yeah, yeah, let's yeah. Just, let's not get around it. How much of a fuckwit do you have to be to shop to one of those protests? It's actually remarkable. remarkable. There was some vision I was watching before of these guys surrounded in a park in Sydney. They surrounded a Channel 7 journo and they worked out that he was a journalist and these guys were filming him going, we're putting, you on, we're putting your face on, on Facebook and and they go, you fucking dog, you fucking lies, you cheat. And I'm like, what? What have they? What have they cheated? They're just <laughs> like they're just the logic of the abuse. And then they stole his phone. <laughs> oh, dude, dude, fire twirl. So it's all happening. Fire twirler showed up to a fucking COVID protest. That is fucking unbelievable. I think I think every good protest needs a fire twirl. You know, you know, you're angry, and then you're like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" That guy has fire literally spinning around his head. How does he do it, uh, dude? Um, and so if ever there's someone who really needed job keeper and job seeker to stick around, I'm going to tip it's the fire twirler. <laughs> fuck, man. I mean, imagine all those dudes. Like, if you're a fire twirler and you go into a pandemic, mm. you're like, "On fuck, three thousand bucks a month." I have never earned that much money in my entire year. Like, yeah. Like, well, I mean, we really need to support the uh, fire toilet industry. I mean, obviously, it uh, contributes it's a lot tough to the them. economy. Yeah. That's been tough for them over the pandemic. I think I think the biggest economies in Australia, I think it goes iron ore, number one, fire toilers, mm. number two. <laughs> I think that's the rule. The big ones. But... On a positive note, while we are all, while we are all in lockdown, the Olympics kicked off on Friday night, and they hasn't did. that? You know what? It's just lovely to see a new city around the world go into crippling debt. I think that's what everyone <laughs> comes out to see, and just thinks, "Fucking hell!" You know, when you're looking at uh, the Tokyo Olympics and every um, purpose-built course and event that they've got with massive stands in the background, mm. and you just look at it and go. You ain't recouping that in a long, long time. No, you're right. You go. You think to yourself, like, uh, how much do you really need a rock climbing stadium uh, in the world? Yeah, yeah. Well, I was watching the skateboarding this morning, and they had like a full course built out with a, you know, a stand behind it, and you're just like, dude, Japan's skaters can't even get a fucking look in. I've actually loved it. Um, so last night I was watching Hawthorne v Adelaide. Mm-hmm. 
And then I had on my iPad, on my, that was on my laptop, on my iPad I had Dog's Days and on my TV I had the Olympics. And I was like, I'm in fucking heaven. Like, uh. I want this lockdown to go for as long as I can. Like, it was yeah, magical. Tr- trust me, it will. Yeah, no, you're very <laughs> much right. I don't think the Olympics you're is going to last. You're right on that. Yeah, yeah. But um, did you but watch the opening ceremony? And you, and you realise... No, I did not see the opening ceremony. It was just one of those ones. I thought I'd just watch the footy on Friday night because it was, um, you know, going to be a good game. But I just, I just can't get into it. It just doesn't fill me with any excitement. Really? You know, watching watching the crowds, uh, watching the teams wander into the stadium. Do you actually enjoy that bit? Like it's just so laborious. No, no, that, that's very boring. So I kind of, I was working, so I had it kind of, ha- I had it on my laptop watching it, but it yeah, seemed to be the bit I was busy, watching right? was when the athletes were walking into the stadium. So I uh, got the kind of least exciting bit of the, um, of the moment. But then I found it yeah. very interesting that when Kobayashi um, lit the flame, the uh, mm-hmm. speed eater, did you... Uh, <laughs> And then Astro Boy came in and he... Yep. Do you know Kobayashi? And I believe they're going to put it out, uh, the flame out, with some uh, hentai porn. So there's going to be like a uh, manga robot that will uh, explode all over the thing and put it out. The thing I found interesting about the opening ceremony is that all of the athletes' genitals were pixelated. I found that interesting. (laughs) I found that very interesting. So we do record this on the Sunday evening as Essendon and GWS fight it out for the final spot in the eight. Now, the eight is really starting to take shape. Richmond got thumped this afternoon by Geelong. If GWS win this, they go into the eight and Essendon drop out. So this is, and you, if Essendon win this, puts a big amount of space between them and Richmond. They'll get a game and six percentage points ahead. If GWS climb in, they're half a game in front of Essendon. So GWS are fighting for every moment. This is a six-point game, Michael. A six I don't think we've game. ever had one of those before. Yeah. So we saw the um, Tigers go down to the uh, Geelong Cats, Cats. Uh, by mm. 38 points. 38? Yeah. Um, just a few moments to go. And so uh, is it over for Richmond? Um, actually, should we take a quick look at what Richmond have coming up? Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's over for the Tigers just yet, unless Essendon win, because then they will be seven percentage points ahead of Richmond and a game. So I reckon that's almost two games. Yeah. But if the Giants win, I think the Tigers are still in it. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. And so they would be hoping for you know. Just looking at eleventh. Uh, so they got 11th. Fremantle next week. So again, Fremantle, uh, you know, lost today to the Swans. Are still on 32 points as Richmond are. So, again, another eight-point game right there. Mm-hmm. Then you've got the Tigers playing North Melbourne. Very good team. I mean, you know, you saw what they did to Carlton and not many teams have done <laughs> have have kicked more than five goals in a row on Carlton. So, you know, that's, that's not an easy win anymore. Like, they would have penciled in at, say, the start of the season. Yeah, sure. And then they've got the Giants. So yeah. that, again... In all of that time you've been talking, I've been trying to navigate the AFL fucking website, and it's like, can you make it any more fucking difficult? Why, why do I need to look at the fucking Thursday game and then click a button for the Friday game and the Saturday game? Just have every fucking game on the fucking one sheet of fucking internet, you fucking... Anyway, I've stopped. Well, that's, that's the pages I was looking at, oh. and I did it quite easily there, as the junk timers would have noticed. Dude, I'm very composed. Michael, no furious. idea. Now... 
What is going on at Hawthorne? There's a lot of talk, a lot of conjecture. Clarko, he's going to leave. Mitchell, he wants to take over. He wants clear air. There's been meetings. There's been mediation. Leading teams has been there. Caro's been involved. What a fucking week for the Hawthorne Football Club. There is a lot and going can on. Can I just say that this is really fun to watch? <laughs> the meltdown. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I was a bit disappointed by the fact they had leading teams in there because I was like, come on, guys. Collective mind. you got to get them in. They're yeah, the ones who can do it. Geez, that's a good point, isn't it? Clarko and Sam Mitchell to go away on a pre-season camp. Whoever survives and bury objects. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I have no idea, actually, man. I have no idea. Like, it sounds like. I mean, Caro had her sources, and she said mm. Hawthorne's leaking like they've never leaked before. So, so Mitchell came out very strongly and said it's not true. But so first off, Caro came out Monday night, said there'd been a meeting. Mitchell wants clear air, doesn't want Clarko there in 2022. Yeah, and it was described as a mediation in terms of like they're yes. working out like, I don't know, the relationship? I don't know. I'm not really totally I sure. I think, yeah, it sounded like they'd gone with the succession plan but hadn't worked out, hadn't nutted out how it was going to play out. And so what they were like, fuck, are, we really yeah. need to chat about this. I yeah. think we need to get the um, psychologist from MAFS involved because their strike <laughs> rate is amazing. That is true. So they had a meeting, and I think I think the idea at the end of the day was that the idea was to work out. They hadn't worked out officially what their roles would be over the next yes. year and a bit. Yeah. And so that was the reason for the meeting, and that's why collective no leading teams guy was there. Yeah. But, isn't but apparently he's at all the meetings. But isn't that essentially just like isn't their job just like you sit in front of the group and they tell you that you're a shit bloke? Like isn't that just what? Leading teams. I think that's do. a no. Nah, see, Michael, you, you've that. Or you've am I the, underestimating leading teams? Yes, yes, they cover all sorts of things. Like if there's an issue with who stole someone's lunch from the fridge, fucking leading teams are in there. <laughs> Who's been nicking pens from the stationery cupboard? Bang! Here's leading teams. They're kind of they're kind of a do all. You know, they they cover everything, and that's what's great about them. Fuck! I love nicking pens from stationery. That's one of my favourite things to do. Start a yeah, job. It's one of the best go, things, isn't it? I'm taking yeah. ten pens. I don't care what I don't give a fuck, mate. I'm I'm that hardcore. I'm gonna steal fucking blue. I'm gonna steal red. You know I'm what? Steal yeah, black. but you know what? The thing that annoys me about that, right? And I know that you would be comfortable with the pens that they often buy for stationery. The stationery cupboard. And you would be happy with your kilometrico, you know, with the lid that you gotta fucking put on and off. Whereas I need like a clicker. I need a good pen and I'm happy to go to Officeworks and purchase one. Yeah, but really? you Captain Low Rent, you'll go, oh, this, it says it's a kilometrico. It's going to write for a kilometre. Are you a clicker guy? I will guy? take that home and be happy. I love a clicker because I keep it in my pocket. Yeah, I, I keep one in my pocket, pocket but I have the lid. Yeah, because it's free. And so I take so the lid. You, and I take. <laughs> then you need a lid. I want a blue and I, mm. I take a black and a red uh, for safety. But I also know that a black and a red don't work for the job that I do. Like, I just want a blue. Stands out from the paper. Stands out from the black print. Uh, red can't be seen in a uh, dim light, and so I've got it all sorted, mate. I mean, you it's like it. those four color pens: uh, blue, oh. red, black, green. Who the go, fuck's using those? Where the fuck is the green? What 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 purpose of the fucking green? Tell me. But also, uh, who's writing? You know, long passages with that fat pen? Fucking ridiculous. If you if you rock up to a workplace with one of those, you are being judged and rightly so because you're a fucking fool. I think if you have a four color, I would imagine that. People are presuming that you are maybe some kind of child because I, I feel like those four color pens, like the green, red, yeah. black, blue, was something yeah. from my childhood. And I, I saw an adult using that, and I'd be like, 
no, you're not right, mate. Yeah. And what do you do? Do you use blue until it runs out and then you go, fuck, now I've got to go to green like a fucking idiot? Imagine submitting something with green. In green. Green. Like, you know, yeah, like... Mate. Imagine handing in a piece of work. Hand in your... Okay, try this. Hand in your a thesis, thesis. <laughs> in green print, okay? Yeah, you're applying for the job as Collingwood, right? You're really well credentialed. You're Adam Kingsley. You are up there. People love you as an assistant. You go, mate, I can win Collingwood the next four flags and you hand that over in green biro and they go, mate, thanks for coming in. And they do it in front of you. Bang, into the shredder. You hear it. Um, okay, so Caro said that there's trouble at the Hawks, but she yeah. also, also issued a chilling warning to Sam Mitchell, okay? Yeah. So the quote she? was, uh, should be very careful about what mm. he says about his premiership coach. But it had a little bit of a, bit of a Goodfellas tinge about it. It was just like <laughs> Caro just saying like, kind of, you know, this is business, okay? you got to be yeah. very careful about what you're yeah, saying yeah. about Alistair Clarkson. Yeah, the arrow had, the arrow was very pointed, wasn't it? And so then Ke- uh, uh, Jeff Kennett sent So a Okay, so Caro did that on the Monday. Uh, Sam Mitchell came out on the Tuesday and refuted it on SEN with Jared Waitley. Mm-hmm. And then Jeff Kennett got involved. It's very much a he, he yes. said, she said, they said. Yeah. So Jeff Kennett sent an email to Hawthorne members, and by the fact I'm a Hawthorne member, I got one. And he said, "Hi there, fellow Hawkers." At the top, oh, um, that's nice. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm not a big one. Big one for the Hawkers. But anyway, we'll overlook that. What, <laughs> what would you rather? He just said, uh, "Hi there, fellow cunts." <laughs> Hi there, fellow private school educated children. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so he wrote about you know uh, the week in large, you know, you, you know, good draw against Melbourne. You know, happy with that. Yeah. Yep, um, yep. But he had a little quote here. Um, we're not going to win every game, but we're building towards something special. Mm. Can I turn to another subject? Please. Uh, someone sent me a clip of what Carol and Wilson said on Footy Classified. And I love the idea that he didn't watch it. No. He got sent a clip. Now, I want to know who that someone is. That's actually, yeah. I want to find out who, who is that person, you know, clipping stuff out for Jeff. Um, someone sent me a clip of what Carol and Wilson said on Footy Classified on Monday night. I do not watch the show. Mm. And, and then I, the kicker. And I suspect many of you do not as well. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? What is this clip you sent me? What is, who is this Caroline Wilson? And Eddie Maguire, is he on TV? I love it. He had to get a little jab in on the ratings. He's going, I don't watch it. And I know you yeah. don't watch it too. <laughs> I mean, he's right. Uh I love a bit of footy classified. I, I must say, I do love it. Yeah, no, I enjoy. I really do enjoy it. I, yeah. I think it just as we've said on this show before, it's hard to find. But when you watch the catch ups the next day, you get the bits that you need. You get fucking Kano going, someone. You yeah, get yeah, Eddie, yeah. you know, um, talking about Collingwood, even though he's not involved in it. And then you get Caro issuing threats. Yeah, so I can I can only watch it. Uh, I can only watch it. The day after, like when it's put on nine now, um, by the fact they don't air it here, and because I ha- can't change my location, uh, yeah. I can't watch it live. So I can watch it on Twitter or um, the next day. But um, so that's, that's that's a big that's a big miss by Sydney Channel Nine. Like there is an untapped market. There could be at least seventy people who would want Footy Classified on the airwaves in Sydney. And Absolutely. I'm talking prime time. Like I would bump 
you know, what big shows are on Channel 9 on a Monday night? Whatever it is at 7.30, a maths. Fuck it off. Footy classified. Bang. No, There's your million people. Absolutely right. I mean, I think I told mm. the story on the pod a few weeks ago, but like as a um, – Sydney is so passionate about the AFL uh, mm. that when I went to the Hawthorne Gold Coast game and tried to get in at three-quarter time – and said to a guy at a gate, uh, where do I get a ticket for the Hawthorne game? He said to me, what's Hawthorne? So <laughs> he's very passionate about the game. Uh, and then we had Clarko coming out on Friday doing a 15-minute presser and talking about how loyal he is and, you know, he's loyal to... And he kept saying, you know, the Damien Hardwicks and the Luke Beveridges and the, you know, and it's like, mate, there's only one of them. Stop pluralising their names. That really shits me when football people do that. Yeah, sure, sure. But um, the drain, the brain drain of Hawthorne has been fucking remarkable. Like, you know, from Bevo, Dimmer, Simpson, uh, yep. Cameron. Brendan uh, Bolton. Yeah, there's like a whole bunch of play, uh, people have gone on to be coaches at other clubs. Like, we should get credit for that. But then I think, I think the big thing too also for Hawthorne is by the fact that they... If Clarko leaves on his own volition, okay, all good. If they force Clarko out next year, they will have to pay him 1.2. That's what the media is saying. And then yep. that stuff comes out of the soft cap. And as we've oh, already no. stated earlier in the show, because Adam Simpson said only private school people should be playing football, is that Absolutely. they get affected by that as well. So I think they're at Hawthorne, they're hoping... Well, the money people at least are hoping that he hangs around next year so they don't have to pay out the cash. But isn't it if he goes to another club, they only have to make up the difference. So say he goes to Carlton and gets 900, they only have to pay him 300 to make up that yes, difference. Yes, but you're forgetting the fact that if uh, Clarko went to Carlton, <laughs> they'd have to pay him $75 million <laughs> to do the job. <laughs> Yes. So, so it's a race on for the wooden spoon now. Let's go back to your team for a second, mate. Like, I feel like speculation, Matt. You know, Teague losing the job. Like, you guys are doing all right. You guys are doing all right. Like, oh, poor, poor Michael. Poor no, you're doing all right. You're doing all right. Like, you mean? I mean, uh, you know, if you won yesterday, you would have been in the look for the finals, right? Right, but we didn't. We were embarrassing in the third quarter. I'm not, I'm not hanging shit on North. I'm not saying we should have expected to win that one. They've been really good over the last month. But North kicked seven goals in the third quarter to none. And the ease with which it, they did it, that is the death knell for David Teague. He's cooked. Like, there is no coming back from that. There is really? no You're calling way. It? I'm calling him, man. I'm calling yeah, him. Wow. He will not be there at Carlton. In 2022, yeah, wow. mark my motherfucking words. Yeah, okay, gotcha. So Mark Neal, do you think is the next one or Matthew Probably. Knotts? I'd probably Scotty Waters. You know, he's been out of the game a little bit. You know, he's probably <laughs> been studying up on stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, Matthew Primus. You know, there's people around, Michael, that we can get, you know. Norm Dare. You know, there's people around. Normie Dare, fucking hell. Sheesh. Yeah. Paul Felt. We're looking. Yeah, Jared Neesham. You know, there are players, uh, you know, fucking... <laughs> Guy McKenna, he had a rough trot up at the Gold Coast, but I reckon he's he's due. I told this story a long time ago on the pod, but um, uh, Jared Neesham's final game uh, for mm. Freo, which was also the final Chiefs game in 98, and we watched the Chief get carried off. Um, and he was Eight, p- seven people carrying him off. <laughs> big, big unit. And, and he said, uh, turn it up quite a bit. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> but with my brother and I, we walked out the front of the ground, and Jared Nation was getting in the cab, like, out the front of the ground. <laughs> and also, which made me think, like, we were like, that's weird. Like, it's literally like, you know, 15 minutes after the game. That's yeah. his final game as coach. He's getting in the cab. But then also... Is this like, a Waverley? It's fucking Waverley. So it's like, yeah, yeah. fuck, man. You're paying a lot of money for the fucking yeah, cab just to get out of the car park. That's 220 bucks just fucking <laughs> getting, onto, getting onto Mulgrave Road. Fuck, Mulgrave man. Road. The Waverley car park. Why, is it, why was it so fucking hard to get out of that ground? Because like, it was like one exit onto Jackson's Road or Mulgrave Road. So, it was yeah. fucking a Wellington Road. It was fucking hideous. Yeah. It was literally like... I remember going to a game with a, a mate, uh, two mates and their dad, and um, and we left about five minutes before the game finished, and he was like, we're running to the car. And so we <laughs> ran to the car <laughs> to, <laughs> to get out of there. Because it was like, those few minutes, it's like the difference between yeah. getting out or staying there for another hour. Yeah, yeah, I... Totally getting home at like 8.30. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, I always hang around when Hawthorne played there because um, just want to hear the team song at the end of the game, mate. Just hear the team song. Just hear the team So just on song. that, <laughs> there is a race to the Wooden Spoon now. So both you and North Melbourne are equal with uh, four wins and a draw apiece, 18 points, and yeah. it's only... Um, uh, uh, percentage separating you. Now, who do you guys have next week? North have Geelong, so it's most likely a loss for them. Oh, uh, I, I shouldn't have asked you that because you you won't be able to fucking figure uh, this out. I bet you I can get to it. a website. If I can, oh, it's Friday. you got to click through to Sunday. you got to click through. Fucking hell. Why like, are you clicking through that way? So Hawthorne are playing the Brisbane Lions, so you will more than likely lose that. Uh, yes, so... Uh, so then if we go to round 21, you are playing Collingwood. Oh, that'd be interesting. And then Richmond are playing North Melbourne. So again, could be close. Okay, 22. Look at that. Yeah, so round 22, you are playing the Bulldogs. So you will lose oh, that shit. one. And North Melbourne are playing Sydney. So they'll probably lose that. So it could come down to round 23 for the Battle of the Wooden Spoon. You are playing the Tigers. Mm-hmm. And North Melbourne are playing the Crows. so Because uh, David Noble came out yesterday and said, we don't want to win the Wooden Spoon. We've talked about this as a club, yep. and we don't think it's a good look, and we want the boys to want to win. And I've obviously actually, Hawthorne are like, we want to look competitive, but fuck, we'd love a number one pick. Yeah, I've actually never seen a Wooden Spoon in my life, but um, I did message friend of the show, Craig Coombs. We love you, Coombsy. Um, earlier the, today, just asking about the, uh, the draft of this year. Oh, yeah. And he said the top one, two, three, he said uh, Dacos, Darcy, and Horn. Oh, so you won't get... Oh, so Horn is the first one you'll get. Well, he said... I said they're father-son, so will the clubs bid on them? Yep. He's like, yeah. So he was like, the most likely you'll get Horn. So I put to him, um, you know, he's the f- number one available, for lack of a better yep. word, after yep, the top yep. two. Um and the other guy, yeah, they have to throw, you know, picks at it or whatever. And so uh, he was like, maybe Hawks need to maybe tank to uh, get that uh, uh, number one, number one in air quotes uh, pick. Yes, yes. Yeah. But how's that for the Western Bulldogs to get um You Jamara. can win the flag and get pick two. Yeah. Yes, so they'll get Jamara pick one in one year and then probably pick two the following year. And yeah. yes, they should probably win the flag. I mean, flag. win the flag. 
have an asterisk next to it yeah. because of COVID and get picked yeah. two. Just like last yeah. year when w- Richmond yeah. won the flag with an asterisk next to it. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Now, a um, couple of things I've noticed with uh, no crowds in the stadiums in uh, Australia at the moment. And you can hear the players talking a fair bit. Now, this is something that an umpire said. When they got within the last five minutes of a quarter, the umpire was saying to another one, and I don't know whether they can hear each other or whatever, but he said, they got down to five minutes, and he said, inside five. Now, does that mean there's a different style of umpiring within the last five minutes? Question without notice. Michael? I mean, I would have been surprised. I would have thought he would have said red time. Because usually in my mind, like red time is like inside five. Um, yeah. Do you know the umpire who it was? Like, was it Razor by any chance? Because if it was no, Razor, it wasn't. It wasn't Razor. Yeah, that is very. That's a very good point. No, it, I don't believe it was Razor, but I heard it. I rewound it, and I was like, "Huh, oh, interesting." And I looked at the clock, and I was like, "Yeah, there's five minutes to go." So he's called it out to the other umpire saying that, and I reckon keep an eye on that junk timers because I reckon maybe the interpretations get a little bit stiffer in tighter games because they know that, you know, time's of the uh, essence. Which game was it again? Was it a tight game? Uh, it's a fucking great question without notice that I really should have the answer to. Yeah, I can't sure. remember. Should I just I remember hearing it and rewinding it. website and work out what fucking <laughs> game it fucking was and how many fucking buttons do I have to click before I fucking see what fucking happened? Now, another thing that I heard last week in the Carlton-Collingwood game, which I've watched a couple of times because Carlton played quite well in the last quarter and that's probably the last time I'll get to see them play well this season. But (laughs) at one point, it was in the Carlton forward pocket, so Collingwood's back line. Isaac Quainer has the ball and gets tackled and one of the Collingwood players yells out, take a stoppage cue, right? So basically he's saying, don't try and release the ball. Let's take a secondary stoppage. We'll get a ball up and that way we can, you know, reset the everyone around it. But I thought if the umpire hears that, should he not take that as Quainor has no um, desire to get rid of the ball? Ipso, fatso, holding the ball. Yeah, but also what I'm hearing is mm. take a stoppage cue. Therefore, oh. cue will stoppage everything. Mm that the Biden administration is doing. It's a code, mate. They're all in on it. Q is real. And I am Q. No, but that means Isaac Quainor is Q. Well, wait a second. If Isaac is Q, then who am I? I thought I was Q. (laughs) Yeah. Mate, you're a fraud. But don't you think if the umpires are hearing that, they're like, oh, he has no plans to get rid of that ball. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, it should be holding the ball. Yeah. Mm, There you go. Thank you. I'm furious. Yeah. Now, Dustin Martin, lucky to be alive, has been released from a Gold Coast hospital after spending, I think, nine days in there um, and most likely going to stay up in on the Goldie until uh, Melbourne is released into freedom, which will obviously happen sooner rather than later because of our great uh, protesters. Are you saying that Dustin Martin has to spend time on the Gold Coast? <laughs> that is, that's probably the, the cruelest cut. I mean, he'd Against give away a kidney will. if he didn't have to. Yeah. <laughs> But an article came out during the week from Sam Newman uh, talking about the day that he lost a kidney in 1967 after a collision. Uh, So he wore a kidney guard for a season after the incident and then went on to play for 13 more years. And Newman says he half bled to death. So it's a pretty grim kind of day that Sam Newman had. He said, I had my blood supply replaced twice, twice. 
So don't you reckon when you've pumped him full of blood and you go, mate, it's, it, we need more. And you're like, oh, maybe there's a leak. Have you thought about that? And we're talking um, 54 years ago too. So yeah. science has come yeah. a fair way. But I, I have a feeling actually that Sam Newman has a story about his dad being told kind of that he might die. Yeah, okay. Well, he says here, he says, I kept internally bleeding and they couldn't stop it. So they put like a towel on it, obviously, a bit of magic spray, nothing cured it. So they say I half bled to death in the rooms because it happened 10 minutes into the first quarter and they left me on a stretcher in the rooms. Don't you love 1967 uh, medicine? Just go, mate, he's fucking, we can't stop it. Just let him lie there. Just sleep it off, mate. And how's this? He says, uh, but my late father came in just before half time to see how I was and I was white. Well, of course you're white. Your fucking dead dad's just walked in there. <laughs> like that's, that's terrifying. You see the ghost. Like I'm bleeding. <laughs> I'm bleeding to death and my dead dad's here. He says, he says, I went into the urinal and pissed pure blood. Dude. Can you imagine that? Like I've had, have you ever uh, had a lot of beetroot and then you go to the toilet the next day and you're like, oh, fuck, oh. I'm dying. And then oh, you're like, you have oh. bowel cancer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he says, at that stage, my dear old dad went into a bit of a panic and the ambulance backed up and they took my boots off. Because I was still in my gear. Oh, you can't have long stops in the back of an ambulance, mate. You're, gonna, you're, gonna, you're not going to be able to hold your feet. Uh, they said it's pretty close touch and go. Uh, this was 67 and now they would spring right into action. Okay. And he just says, I recuperated over the summer. So kind of just lets it go pretty quickly. He just goes, I was pissing blood, went to hospital, that's it. But, but also, like I, I said last week, like I'm amazed it doesn't happen more often. Because even in the picture in the article, the Herald Sun here, they have a mm. picture of Sam Newman going for a mark, and he's, I'm not saying it on purpose, but like literally putting a knee into the kidney of the bloke <laughs> in front of him. Like, I'm amazed it doesn't happen more often. Yeah, that's true. I, I can't believe there's not more broken backs. Like, people fly with their knees up, and you, if you're backing into it, that kind of meeting of spine and knee is yeah. not in the spine's favour, generally. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, footballers in real life, man? Hit me, man. Hit me. Yeah, sweet. Okay, so we got uh, we talked about Avenue Q last week, the uh, acclaimed oh, yeah. musical. Yeah. Uh, from Jonathan, uh, he came back at you and said, "Glad to hear someone else hates puppets." Cause you said you hate mm. puppets. Uh, yep. Hands down, the most unsettling and terrifying things to grace the earth. <laughs> Eleven out of ten puppets can fuck right off. Now, can I just say to Jonathan, now, um, I don't hate puppets because I find them unsettling or terrifying. I find them that I don't like them is because they're for children mm -hmm. and adults are laughing at them because they said a swear word. <laughs> and they're like, oh, did you see that? The papa fucking said fuck. And I was surrounded by uh, hundreds of these people and I needed to get out of there at halftime. Yeah, sure. Halftime. Love it. Yeah. Uh, from Alexander, uh, just as I'm listening to the latest pub, I see Collingwood's Caleb Poulter. Uh, walk in front of me into Macca's on Chapel Street uh, with someone who looked like a younger sister. Uh, Monday Night Macca's isn't going to get you out of the medi-sub role, Caleb. Oh, there you go. Oh, I've got one. I've got a footballer. Uh, sorry, I, I have a commentator slash personality in real life. So obviously uh, I do uh, Ruined It on Triple M in Adelaide, but mm -hmm. I do that from the Triple M studios here in Melbourne. And I was in there on Tuesday morning and none other than the great Basil Zemplis. No way. 
was broadcasting from the studio next to me. So he would have been uh, broadcasting into WA two hours behind. Yep. And I couldn't I couldn't see, but uh, I could see him say the word uh, tranny a few <laughs> times. So he was obviously getting stuck into the transgender. He's probably had people calling in to tell us their favourite transgender As stories. an elected mayor would. Absolutely. And then they did call-ins on how you get rid of homeless from your city. And yeah, it was a little sure. bit of fun. Like I was eavesdropping, you know, it was Don't great. You put them it was, in it was, the back of a truck was a laugh. and just get them out of town. Isn't that the way? Ship them out, mate. Ship them out. Roll them or roll them into Cottesloe Beach. It's fun things like that. It was a, it was a good bit of fun. It was great yeah. to overhear it. Yeah. And he got elected. He got elected. The people elected him. He did get him. elected. Yeah. yeah. So it was great to be I was gracing the same studios as Basil Semplis. How lucky am I? Uh, from Jordan. Halo dogs. Uh, my fiance and I stayed at Paramount House Hotel in Surrey Hills in Sydney uh, over the long weekend to celebrate our engagement. Congratulations, Jordan. Yes, congrats, mate. Headed downstairs to the Connected Cafe for breakfast to find a few of Demon's boys grabbing a morning coffee before their game against the Pies at the SAG that day. Recognised Stephen go. May, Bailey Frisch, and Fritch. Fritch, and I think James Harms but couldn't pick out the fourth person who was repping a Big Freeze beanie. They got their coffees to go and headed off down the street. We commented that they looked very relaxed pre-game. In hindsight, maybe a bit too relaxed. We also spotted Scott Skelwood. Uh, his blue eyes gazed deep into my soul on his way out. <laughs> well, Big shout go. out to my beautiful non-low dog fiancé, Chloe. Congratulations. Oh, oh, there you go. Yes, congrats. And he says, yes, we're doing very well because they stayed at the Paramount House Hotel in Surrey Hills. Have you been there, Michael, the Paramount House Hotel? I have not, but I have looked up the website right now. And if you're looking at the uh, their main room, I reckon, you'd call it the Mac Daddy. Well, it is called the oh, Mac yeah. Daddy. Yep. It goes for about four, five, twenty-five a night. And looks fine. Yeah. You wouldn't pay it? Yeah, I wouldn't pay five twenty-five for that. No, no. Okay. No, I get comped a lot. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to hit the road We are Dr. Mafapod at Gmail, Twitter, Facebook And the Gram, go Hooks Go Carlton's new coach sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.